0: Welcome back to another episode of First Generation Bowhunter. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan. Thanks for joining. I want to give a nice shout out to a few early listeners. Amy, thank you so much for your kind comments. She was resharing the podcast on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Colin Cottrell. If you're not following him, make sure you are, especially in the hunting space. Colin is just a very good human. So thanks for sharing cool story about Colin, too. I called him quite a few weeks ago, told him my concept, and I wanted to have him on this show and record a podcast, but I was thinking about it completely different just a few weeks ago. Uh, We were going to meet at Expo, missed each other, unfortunately, but in a way, I'm kind of glad we missed each other because the initial approach of what this podcast was going to be, I felt like wasn't correct. And when I came back to it, kind of rethought it through first generation bow hunter really was kind of like neon lights like blinking like this is the direction. And really appreciate Colin, though, his friendship. And he's one that I've run things by before and really appreciate his insight, especially on all things hunting. trad bow forty nine, Dan following. Uh, thank you for your kind comment. I shared this on LinkedIn. Got a nice comment from Justin Brady, who I've worked with in the past. Getting some nice, warm welcome here. So thank you very much. You can follow me on Instagram. Check in there. Adam underscore Buchanan, B-U-C-H-A-N-A-N. Yeah, really appreciate it. Let me know your feedback so far and questions. Also, I posted something Today on Instagram, actually, about how I've been trying to improve my knees and been working with Preston at Mountain Physio, and it was very clear that my knees were actually fine. I tore both my MCLs about a year and a half ago, and he came and looked at me and said, you know, your knees are actually fine. They're they're in good shape. Your hips are totally weak. So... Doing a nice little knees over toes squat there with my little hip band. I call it my hip band. I don't even know if that's the right thing. It's a giant rubber band. Wrap around my legs trying to strengthen the hips. So, Preston, Mountain Physio, thank you for your support these last few weeks. It's been awesome learning these new exercises. I am going to get to physical uh, health, that type of thing. Not for this episode. That will be in future. Episode 3 which you're listening to right now, want to talk about why even bow hunt? What is the purpose? Why even hunt in general? These last few years, if anything, has taught us that things are really difficult, and they can get really difficult very fast if we're not careful. And I think that's probably why, in these last few years for me, I've put such a microscope on bow hunting myself because we are in uncertain times and anything we can do to be more self-reliant, I think is very, very important. And I think why this is so important to understand your why, like why even bow hunt, why even be out there, there are some long days out there, there are some difficult times. And so I would challenge you, think about what your why is. And in this episode, I'm going to share few things, a few reasons why I personally bow hunt and from, from others that I've heard over the years. And then it's just helped inspire me to, to continue this journey because it is so easy to get discouraged, come up with excuses, kind of flutter away. And, you know, we invest a lot of time in this. We invest a lot of money. I mean, I'm in my home office now, I've got my bow hanging there, arrows, Optics, you know all the all the gear, right? And it's like, man, adds up pretty quick. Uh, my wife doesn't know that. I, she she doesn't know how much that stuff costs because uh, that's like private information. But um, no, I. But yeah, we're we're in it. I mean, we're we're really in it. it. Takes a lot to get into this. And if our attitude or our mindset or forgetting our why is like what stops us, I think it's an important thing to to discuss. So my first reason really is around self-reliance. When I walk through my garage, I have a, a freezer, a stand-up freezer, dedicated to all the, the venison, all the um, big game that I take, and when I walk past that, I just feel this sense of pride of, yeah, that that was some great experiences, and it is food for my family. I know where it came from, when we do buy like beef or something from the store, they got that pink slime. Oh man, I was cooking ground beef the other day for tacos. My wife brought it home, which is kind of uncommon because normally we just do venison. We we have a lot of ground venison. I think we we're having friends over, and she got beef because I think sometimes if you introduce venison to people that may not be ready for it or if it throws them off it's just you got to be thoughtful i try to cook venison very very thoughtfully i've gotten to the point now where my kids ask for it they they know what it is and so in terms of self-reliance you know there is that component of cooking things that that tastes good cuz venison can come off pretty rough if you do it wrong for these friends came over i'm cooking like 4 pounds of ground beef for tacos oh my gosh i think I generated two cups of grease, just fat grease, nastiness, wasn't lean at all. Oh, it was unbelievable. And I'm sitting there cooking it, my wife's watching. She's like, holy smokes. It was funny because we both weren't used to that because of how much venison we eat. But it, in the same vein, you know, may want to be sensitive to people who, you know, is, is new to that. If I mess up the recipe and it comes off super gamey, uh, You know, rather test that on myself than on some friends coming over. So still getting better at that. If you've got any recipes that you really enjoy with venison, uh, please let me know. I'd love to hear uh, what, what you're trying lately. I did get the Meat Eater cookbook, like the big old like coffee table book from my brother-in-law, Brian. Love that thing. The imagery is awesome. All the recipes, just a lot of great stuff to follow. So I still got to dive into that. I digress. Why bow hunt? First, first thing, self-reliance. I think that's super, super important. Number two, I think a big reason for me, and I feel this every time I go out, is reconnecting with our primitive nature. We've been hunting ever since man has been on the earth. I mean, that's something, it's not new. It's not like, oh, there's some fun trend It's been around for thousands of years. So when we go back to our roots in order to obtain food, I really feel like we can have, me personally, I've had really great experiences. And I'm not even talking like, oh, I shot an animal, processed it. Oh, you know, there are those times and that your adrenaline just explodes. And I've I've had those experiences and it's awesome. Getting an animal is awesome but even not getting an animal and just being out there and having that tag in your pocket and that permit and that opportunity to just get out there and, and kind of get closer to the land, I just feel like it helps ground me and kind of get back to my roots, ask those hard questions of what am I doing as a man to kind of stay grounded and be a good father, be a good husband and you know just contribute to my community. I think Ryan Mickler talks about this a lot to an Order of Man, where he kind of builds up that provide pillar of how we're providing for our family. Great podcast if you haven't listened to that one, Order of Man by Ryan Mickler. But he really focuses on self-reliance and, and providing and and also, you know, kind of staying grounded as a man, coming uh prepared uh every day trying to help others. So I really like how he talks about community though. He talks about providing for yourself, providing for your family, and then being in a position to provide for your community. I think that's, that's really goes back to some of our primitive nature actually, because that's how they work together. It was about the tribe. It wasn't, I'm going to hole up and order DoorDash every day and just, you know, shut everyone out. Society right now definitely is promoting that wants to build walls that wants to divide us that's that's very common and so second reason why I really love this is just that primitive nature getting back number three is just providing for uh, my family uh, it kind of falls under self-reliance but honestly getting that meat knowing where it comes from it's a thrill for me and I think what I love about it too and I try to be very sensitive to this. And I think as hunters, we need to be sensitive to this. And I've maybe misstepped a few times where I'll bring the animal home and processing it. And maybe my daughter walks in and she, you know, wasn't prepared to see a hindquarter on on the, the kitchen counter as I'm cutting it and preparing it. And so I've learned things along the way where I'm like, okay, you know, kids are home. I'll let them know what I'm doing. They could be part of it. If they don't want to be part of it, I don't shame them. I don't make them feel bad. Just say, yep, totally understand. But this, this is what's happening. This is what dad's working on in the kitchen. But there is an immense uh, amount of pride when you bring it home. Even like carrying it on your back, you know, like that heavy pack, that has such a great feeling of pride that comes with it. I remember one time I was hiking back. It was probably two, two and a half miles. So it wasn't super far, uh, not terribly far. I just remember my hips, <laughs> my hips. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I was talking about Instagram and my really weak hips uh, a couple of years ago. And it's <laughs> all come full circle now, actually. I just realized, yeah, I probably had weak hips for a very long time. Okay, good, uh, good revelation there for me. But I, I was coming back, and man, my hips were just so sore, and they just felt this immense pain. And I remember not feeling upset about it. I wasn't mad. I just felt very, like, thankful. It was that pain. It was that heaviness. And I just thought, you know, that's that's that meat I'm bringing home to my family, and that is such a great feeling. Why do you bow hunt? Why do you do this? Why are you sticking with it? You know, even after you're the, the hard times, the difficult times, the discouraging times. Why are you in this? So again, for me, that, that number one reason, the self-reliance, being able to provide. Number two, reconnecting with primitive nature, getting back to our roots. That really helps me stay grounded, especially you know, I get paid for a living to stare at a screen. As <laughs> simple as that. I, I, I look at my computer a lot. Spent a lot of hours behind the computer, and this just helps me remember to pull away, and it's, it's good to do. And then third, just producing that meat, you know, bringing food into the freezer. My wife comments quite a bit about that, where she'll say, at first, too, it was a transition for her, because when I really got into it and we're leaning on a lot more venison, she was a little hesitant. I think a lot of that came back to how it tasted, and And learning that you know those recipes, how to process it correctly, making sure you know you're you're not just slapping it on the pan and just wishing for the best and but she's been really supportive over the years, and it's been fun. we've had a lot of great discussions about how what kind of message we're sending to our kids of what they're putting in their body, knowing where it comes from. I think there is a lot of junk in our food there's a lot of stuff happening physically to us i mean just look at our sugar counts look at I mean, you just go pick up a soda at the store you just pick it up look at the grams of sugar it's unbelievable the caffeine you know times have changed so much just even from when i was in junior high or high school like 20 years ago fun fact planning my 20-year high school reunion so it is like 20 years to this year I was in high school. But it was funny because you walk around the school and kids, I don't remember kids carrying drinks. I mean, maybe at lunch, you know, they have a Coca-Cola or a Dr. Pepper or whatever. Nowadays, I mean, I'll go to the grocery store in, uh, at lunchtime. And I'll see a lot of the high school kids full, like 20 ounce monsters, Red Bulls, it's crazy the amount of caffeine kids are putting in their bodies at such an early young age. So, one of you know the other thing I think about why I bow hunt is just health, knowing where that meat comes from. It's lean. It's it's just pure. It hasn't been injected with anything. I think there's a lot of value there uh, because it's sad of the rise of you know all the mental health struggles and all the difficulties. I could go on and on. Even diabetes. I mean, they were comparing. How many people have diabetes to COVID? And it's just insurmountable the amount of you know, people that struggle with that. My mom included, she passed away from a long time battle with type two diabetes. And, you know, I look at our day and age now, you just go to the go to the store, go to the grocery store at lunchtime, you know, those high school kids just walking around with these giant monsters. I'm just like, yeah, we've got a battle. And I think that's the kind of message I want to teach my kids is, listen, you can take control of what you put in your body and you don't have to just default to running to a 7-Eleven. And I I dare quote David Goggins in his book, Can't Hurt Me. I just listened to this the last few weeks and I'm still processing it. I got to listen to that twice. My favorite thing he talks about where he's talking about like how people hire health coaches and they're like, yeah, they give all this advice. But yet they probably don't follow their own advice. They're probably eating, you know, ding dongs and Mountain Dew. (laughs) Just that stuck with me so hard. I was like, "That is that's so true." You know, we we as a society are very quick to deliver feedback or advice, but not being humble to actually take it ourselves. And I've battled with that a lot, especially as I've tried to be more physically fit, more healthy, trying to be uh, more prepared, and through training for bow hunting season. And I've had to really come to terms with that, of am I doing what I'm telling others? And uh, that's been a good gut check. But if you're not grounded, which is what bow hunting can provide for you, you know, getting back to that primitive nature, you're not going to take in any of that advice. And I think that's probably what held me back for so many years too, as I think about it. You know, early days... And I won't get into this too much. Probably save it for the next episode where it comes to physical health. But the early days of when I was getting started, I was slamming the Red Bulls. You know, so I joke about these high school kids drinking these monsters. That was me, just you know, six seven years ago. For a long time, my wife gave me the worst time about it in the best way. She she was delivering truth. She's like, you can't live off this acid putting in your body. And that was something I had to come to terms with. And I think a big transformation for me too was sitting in a doctor's office and the doctor said, you're like two points away from having diabetes. And I'm just like, whoa, that's a wake-up call, especially with the experience my mom went through. I've got to take better care of myself. I've got to be there for my kids. And it took me a while. It took me a while. I'd say that was the rock bottom for me though. That was the big wake-up call. And once I was open to that, I think it just snowballed into other good habits. Another book I'd recommend, Atomic Habits by James Clear. That one really helped me. So if physicality is kind of a a struggle for you and you're wanting to bow hunt, you're wanting to get out there and you have your reason, you're like, yeah, I want to do this. But you're chugging energy drinks right now. There is ways to come off it. I did kind of a mixture of reading Atomic Habits that I just can't recommend that enough. It's an incredible book. And then also doing 75 Hard by Andy Fursello. That, th- I think the big thing was 75 Hard that I took away from it. Full disclosure, I think I only made it to 48 days. I didn't even make it the full 75. But a nice shout out to Mer- Michael M- Merrill who just finished it. He made it the whole 75. I think he's going into phase one now. It was funny. I was at Expo in Salt Lake City. Saw Michael Merrill, barely recognized him. I mean, that guy, he just totally tr- transformed. It was really cool to see. I barely reckoned him. I'm like, Michael, is it you? Yeah, it was funny. Got a good connection there. Love Michael. I've hunted with him actually before. Um, but back to health, I, I think, you know, Atomic Habits helped, 75 hard. The main thing with 75 hard was the water. Drinking a gallon of water a day. I've got this giant Stanley cup Not the hockey cup, Stanley, the actual brand. My sister got me this cup, and I think it's 44 ounces. I only have to drink like two or three of these a day through a straw. By the way, little hot tip there. If you're struggling with water and you're like, I don't want to drink water, you know, you're just really pounding the soda right now, drink it through a straw. I learned this when I was climbing Mount Rainier. One of my fellow climbers was drinking through a straw in her Nalgene. I was like, That's interesting. And she's like, yeah, we tend to drink more when it is through a straw. So if you're struggling a little bit, think about that. That could kind of help you. We're going to get into physical later, so I don't want to go too much there. I think I just want to challenge you to really contemplate why why you're getting into this. What do you want out of it? What are your expectations? And chase those. Like, go after them. There was a hunt that I was on last season, and I saw, I saw a couple does. I had a doe tag, a couple does pretty far away, probably five, 600 yards. And I just remember seeing them there, and I was like, all right, they're over there. And I'm pretty far away on another hillside. And I just sat there for like 30, 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, maybe I should go after them. And I did. I got in position, I did a full stock. I even, this was kind of interesting, I knew I had to pass through this really thick brush and I knew I was going to make a ton of noise and I was kind of worried about that. I was like, you know what, I'm going after this. And normally, like early in bow hunting for me, I didn't, I didn't go after them. It sounds silly, right? Like I just would always psych myself out. Oh, they're going to bust me. Oh, they're going to win me. You got to get in there so I'm going through the brush and I have a grunt call with me and I start kind of passing through these trees and I'm grunting like a buck. And Again, I don't know what I was doing. I was like, I think this will work because if I'm making noise, they might think, oh, it's just a buck coming through. Well, it totally worked. And I had to pass through about probably 60 yards of this brush, really thick scrub oak. I get to the clearing, there's the two deer just sitting there and they are confused i mean they're curious and they're totally confused and i had about 15 seconds and i had an arrow ready i was you know i just had to pull back and got my got my range up and was able to get an arrow off really solid shot Uh, she was down just probably 80 yards down in minutes and uh just a really cool example of go and get it like, it's not going to come to you. They're not going to jump in the back of your truck, right, and be like, here, take me home, process me. Same with your health. Go and get it. And your why. Figure it out. Figure out why you're doing this. If it's for, you know, building friendships, building family relationships, great. We have that happening right now with a few of the brother-in-laws, my wife's family. We're just kind of building these cool relationships of getting together. I mean, we went out driving in the mountains during Christmas You know, it wasn't hunting season. Um, And we just drove around for like six, seven hours, just four of us. We had binoculars. We had spotting scopes. We just had all the gear. We just had a really fun time. And so sometimes just building those relationships is is a really good why. And I think it's something that we often forget about. That was a cool trip too because we came across – An elk that had been like torn apart by wolves and it was kind of eye-opening of the ecosystem that they face that here it is this animal just totally pulled apart and there was tracks everywhere it was it was a wild experience what came up on this elk and I just remember thinking you know these animals have have it pretty hard too in the off season and there are things that challenge them and so they're being hunted even you know, by these other predators. And I think sometimes we forget that. We, I think it's important to go into the off season and kind of experience some of that. Um, so I would encourage that too. You know, don't just wait for bow hunting season to go out, go out in the spring, uh, shed hunting season's happening right now and go out as much as you can, because I think it just gives you an appreciation for seasonality, the harsh conditions they face, change in the weather at at, any drop of a pin and these animals are just out there and that helps me build a stronger respect for the outdoors and for for the animals that we hunt all right go find your why go figure it out and let me know what it is let me know Uh, make sure to check the poll if you're listening on spotify and answer it there i get those responses that's a pretty cool feature Drop me a line, Adam underscore Buchanan on Instagram. Let me know your why of why you bow hunt. Be really curious to hear. I'd love to include some of those responses in the next episode. So get them to me quick. Thanks for listening. This has been episode three. Why even bow hunt? Finding our purpose. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.